stare at the person next to you and greet them without too much verbiage. Good head nod. Yeah. A couple of these, right? And, uh, good evening, and uh, I just want to thank you guys for being here, and I want to thank those who are online, and uh, thank, thank those who will catch this tomorrow in their car or on the run. Uh, just so good to be together, isn't it? Like, just to be with other human beings, and, uh, and it's just so good to see you guys. I know there's a lot of things going on. As Jen was singing, I was thinking about so many of us, how we're going through... Like some of us, you parents, you're figuring out what, how do we do this online thing, right? Or how do we, how do we do this? Or how do we do that? And uh, some of us, we've been. I was talking to someone. They said, I, I'm just always home, and I just want to leave, you know. Uh, and uh, they're saying uh, my identity feels different because this, I was doing that for so many years, and now this is something that's going on. And and, and uh, it's it's interesting because life can seem. Yeah, it seems so different, and, and we can hope for it to go back to normal, yet we don't know what normal looks like or what normal will be. Uh, so we're learning new ways to grow, to connect, to be creative, uh, so that our life could really be spent helping others, growing. And today we're continuing just through some values of Hill City. Uh, we worship, we proclaim, we serve, and today our values is we gather. It's in there. I was like, oh, we got this one. We gather to encourage one another into Christ-likeness. And I was like, what a strange value, especially in our current day, but what a needed value today. Uh, I was reading this article, how many physicians are worried about the impact of the pandemic and how the different stresses and the different isolations are going to impact people. I was talking to a friend and he said he had a hard time sleeping so he went to the doctor and he was like, these are my things, I can't sleep, I'm stressed, I'm feeling this way and that way. And, uh, and the doctor said, 80% of the people who come to me say the same thing. So welcome. So I was like, wow. So people, even though maybe on the outside you're feeling, uh, you know, like maybe no one's uh, being affected by this, just know many people are being affected by how things are going. And so we're seeing more and more results of this crazy moment. I see it in our kids. I see it in the older adults. I see it in myself personally. The other week, I was like sitting at home and I was like, I'm busy, but I feel lonely. I guess I'm busy lonely today. <laughs> so I was like, I'm busy lonely. And, 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 I, and I'm like, what can I distract myself with so I don't feel this feeling? Anyone feel that feeling? I don't know what they're really like call it but you can feel it you're like yeah it's that thing that no one likes that uh and and, and i was like i don't want to continue to distract myself so that i can't so i'm going to miss out on what work that god needs to do in me and in us and so uh so we're going to jump in today because a lot of times we get distracted i was just reading some stats that netflix is up 16 percent right facebook is up guess how much 27%. Next door app is up. Guess how much? Zero? Yeah. 73%. That's 73% of talking about fireworks going off at night. <laughs> about complaining about pictures of door-to-door -door salesmen 
from their uh, rig doorbell cam, right? And they're always complaining about the teenagers playing in the park at night. And I was like, oh my gosh, this, I cannot read this. This is driving me crazy, right? But uh, social distancing long-term, we've never done it before in this way, right? In this kind of culture. Can it be harmful? Can isolation? We know that isolation itself can cause illness, can decline our immune system, and cause mental instability, or make us feel just a little, a little crazy, because we were made to be together. Tell your neighbor, you were made to be together, but not too loudly, very, without too much force from your voice, right? You're made to be together, right? Gathering is really, really, really important, and you know it, I know it, and we can feel it, yet how do we gather and stay safe? How do we take care of the vulnerable and the lonely, yet not spread the virus? I would say there's not a foolproof way, as we know. We're just figuring out ways to do it best so we can take precautions, wear masks, do bracelets, stay outside, and, and we're doing all these things. And I know for some it's not enough, yet I'm asking us, in a way, to not forsake the gathering of one another. I believe we need to create new ways to gather and, uh, and, and uh, new ways to connect. And we, say we, we need to work together on this. It's, you know, uh, we have better ideas than just me, but we need to work together because we are the church. And, and, and to be the church, to love and worship, serve one another, to give ourselves for the good of the other, because the biggest reason for those who are Christians are because you're following Jesus. That's the biggest reason. You're following Jesus. And that's why we serve. That's why we think of ways to encourage one another. Hebrews 10, 24, 25, Paul says it this way, or the writer says it this way. Let us consider, think about, strategize of how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. He said push each other higher in, in the ways of Jesus, the mission of Jesus. Verse 25 says, not giving up meeting together. Say that with me. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Because you can get into a habit where if you do it like, I, what, what is a habit? Like you do like seven times in a row, is it a habit? You can get you can get into a habit rather quickly. Uh, you know, when we got into a habit of watching things online or we get into a habit of no longer waking up early in the morning, we just get right up and we're ready for work, right? Some of us. Right? Before you had to get ready, get your hair did, then you would have to drive to work, and so you would have to get up early. Now you're just like, you just get up and you begin. Is that true for you? Yeah, Kristen's like, yeah. You don't need to drive 40 minutes to get there. But some of us are in the habit of not realizing that our faith, Christianity, is more than just being present. It's participation, it's a practicing, partaking, your players on the field with Jesus. We don't just come to church, you are the church, we are the church. Church is not, in, when, in, in the biblical sense, church is not a place. Church is a people, and we are the church. It's more than cerebral, it's more than thinking about faith. It's being the church. It says, not giving up meeting together, as some of us are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching, the day of the Lord, where you and I will meet Jesus and we will see him face to face. And we have to give account for our salvation 
account for our gifts, account for our creativity, account for our moments, and even in hardship. See, the book of Acts records the early church getting together, and it just shows historically how they did it. And it wasn't in prominence that the church really matured. It was actually in pressure when they were scattered as they gathered and scattered in many ways. Acts 1.14 says this, They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and, and his brother. So they're gathered that way. Acts 2.46, Every day they continued to meet together in temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together, and they were glad with sincere hearts. Acts 6.12, The twelve gathered all the disciples together. Acts 12.12, When they had dawned on him, when, it, when this had dawned on him, Peter, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, and called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. And Acts 14 says this, On arrival there, they, Paul and Barnabas, gathered at the church together and reported all the good things that God has done through them, and he opened, as how God has opened the door to faith for the Gentiles. So they gathered in homes, they ate, they gathered in homes to serve, to eat, to pray for encouragement. It wasn't only on Sundays, because the church was not a place nor a specific day, but the church is you. It's me. And I know that doesn't make sense, because in our culture, we always go to church, and we don't say we are the church. But we are the church, the tangible representation of Jesus. Jesus was the tangible representation of God to man, and now... He, and his whole mission was to, was this salvation and this growth of this thing called the church. So to say the church is just something, oh, it's just something we do, is it, it, to say, it's like, oh, it's, you know, what Jesus did was not that big of, a, big of a deal. But it was a big deal. That was his mission to begin this thing in us that goes way past us. It has to go past you, the other people, into your workplace, to your neighborhoods into your homes and so when two or more are gathered in his name he is with us we are the church and i i would say do not neglect being the church do not neglect it and and so i, I want to read you something first corinthians 6 19 and 20 says do you not know your body is the temple of the holy spirit and the holy spirit is within you whom you have you have from god you are not your own I thought that was a really big statement that we can pass by. A lot of times, we could just pass by that we, we're like, in, in, in American life, you're like, that's mine. That's my house. That's my car. That's my stuff. That's my money. And like, but in, in this life with Christ, it's very different. Paul is saying something really tremendous. And a lot of times, we can read this and say, oh, yeah, we're not our own. I get that. I don't think we get that. I don't think we get that. He's talking to all of us. Say, you are not your own. Oh, that's good. You are not your own. In the United States, my name is John O. My, my given name is John. My family name is O. In Korea, my name is O. John. You, your family name comes before your given name because that's more of a traditional culture. Meaning that you represent your family before you represent yourself in a traditional culture. So Jesus comes from a traditional culture, and it shows when you put your family name before your name, oh, John, it gives proper importance of what matters and what you represent, right? So I represent my family, my life, 
honors my family. My life determines uh, how others see my family. And then here in, in Paul saying in 1 Corinthians 6, you are not your own, you represent God. Because if we just find our identity in our family and not God, and, or in our race and not God, or in our, in our whatever and not God, it can lead to all these things. If it's just your race, it becomes racism. If, it, if it's just your family, it could be elitism. And you're like, oh, my family's better than your family. Hey, you remember when back in the day when I was kids, we would say, my dad could beat up your dad. My dad couldn't. He was not a very good fighter, just being honest. But he was Asian, and maybe he knew Kung Fu. I shouldn't have said that. But cut that from the film. No, I'm just kidding. But think about this. What if Paul here is saying, you represent God. You represent God. So the things that are in your life, your home, it represents God. The way you work, it represents God. The way we gather and take care of one another, it represents God. The way you love one another, the way you spend, the way you give, your generosity, everything that you do represents God because you are not your own. And so more than ever, we need to be the church and own the name of Jesus. You cannot wait. You, you and I, we cannot wait for someone else to build something, to build something for us, for, for Jesus' sake. We are the church. You have to move. And this is the moment for us. In these crazy moments in the Bible, the church was at its best. I mean that. In the craziest moments of life in history, the church was at its best. Not saying, this is my right, this is my thing, do it my way. No, they said, you know what, we're going to lean in to our, uh, to our Heavenly Father because I am not my own. I represent a God in heaven. I represent a God who loves me, so I'll be loving. I represent a God who has been forgiving, so I will forgive quickly. I am not my own. I will pray. I will serve. I will take care of people as the church of Jesus. Right now, it's Hill City. And you know, we do a lot, some, some of the things that are kind of normal, but you know, we do outside services instead of inside services. We do watch parties on Sundays. Some of you guys have been part of watch parties. Some of you guys have been at my house and we've been watching the service together and talking and eating and that has been beautiful. We have classes like Cultivate and we have the women's class going on that's about to restart. And if you want to be a part of a women's class, we have that. And Cultivate, do we still have room? Hannah says yes. Hannah says yes. So if you want to learn and grow in your faith and not expect it from someone else, but you're investing in yourself. From a, and, and Hannah is incredible at teaching so we do that in classes we eat together we grab a burrito in jesus name right it could be chipotle some of you guys are kidoba right i don't like neither but i go because candace likes it <laughs> but we need to activate our faith and be catalysts so why do we gather i got four quick reasons we gather number one and if you're writing write it if not, if you're going to watch it, watch it. We gather for the glory of God. The church gathers for the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, So whether you eat, drink, whether you whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. So you can chipotle for the glory of God. right? 
John 11, 20 says, Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Isaiah 61 says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Isaiah 42, 8 says, I am the Lord, this is my name, my glory I give to no other, nor my praise to, uh, to uh, carved images. Romans 11, 36 says, For from him and through him and to him all things to him be glory forever. Amen. And Psalm 72, 19 says, Blessed be his glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. It is for the glory. We are the church for the glory of God. We're not church because it's the best for us. We're not the church so we can educate ourselves. Those are all secondary things. We're not the church just to serve. We're not the church just to gather. We're the church for God's glory. We're the church for God's glory. That is primary. That is primary. And number two, we gather because, and I wrote this in because this is so big for me, we need guides. Some of you guys, you guys have been through some wilderness times. You guys have been through some stuff. I asked a couple, they've been married like 20 years. I was like, man, you should really think about helping other married couples. You've been married 20 years, and you guys have been strong. They're like, we don't know anything much. I'm like, these guys have been married one year, and they think they know as much as 20 years. Why don't you give them some advice? You know, God has put years in wilderness and wisdom, and you guys have been through some stuff. And we gather so we can guide people through the hard times. Moses was prepared in the wilderness for 40 years so that then he could listen to the Israelites complain in the wilderness for 40 years. He was a good guide because he's been there. It's crazy, right? And some of you guys, you guys been there. And, 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 and people are asking, what do I do next? And I believe there is wisdom right in this place. There's wisdom in you. Your story, your history, your pain is not wasted in the hands of God. I'm going to say that again. Your story, your history, your pain is not wasted in the hands of God. Number three, we gather to participate in communal life, faith, growth, stories, communal wisdom, communal strength. Humans are communal creatures and we are better together. And, and, and encouraging one another. And number four, we gather because we have an immense mission to undertake. We have a call, a commission to live and share the life of Christ to the poor, to the weary, to the broken, to the lost, to the isolated, to the prideful, those who are hard, uh, who are hard-hearted, those who are far from God, those who are just crying out, you have a mission, and it's way greater than yourself. Sometimes we have this whole, and you're like, what am I doing? I'm just busy. I think sometimes we haven't engaged God's mission for our lives, to spend your lives on Him and trusting Him with the result. He's like, don't worry, right? Don't worry about what you eat or drink or what you wear. Don't worry about tomorrow. Do you trust that I got you? I got you. Now come chase after me. I got something for you. If you chase after me, you have a mission greater than yourself. And it's so easy to get off track, chasing, keeping up with the Joneses, chasing what everyone else is chasing. When Jesus has a mandate to seek him first, his kingdom, his righteousness, his love first. And all these things we worry about, we'll give it to you as well. And, it, and I'll take care of you, he says, because our mission is big.
and we can't do it alone. That's why he has the church to do it. You are a part of the church. You are a part of the mission of heaven into your world to make disciples that live and love and talk like Jesus to bring mercy and justice and peace. Then you, if you, if you take out the mission of Christ in your life, you're missing a huge part of what it means to follow Jesus. And I mean that. There's, there are moments, and this is real strong, there are moments that we make Jesus our Savior, we get stuff from Jesus, but He is not our Lord. We are our Lord of our life. We make the decisions of what our life is about, what our purpose is about, what, what we're going to spend our life on. When was the last time we said, God, what do you want me to do in this isolation time? How would you like me to slow down, God? How can I serve my neighbor? Or how can I serve those who I know are suffering right now? Instead of saying, God, I'm the only one suffering. Is anyone serving me? Does anyone care about me? Instead, let's change that tune. And let's tune to, to like the, the tune of Jesus. How though he was suffering, he still came to serve us. The last thing he did on the way to the cross was he washed his disciples' feet. Let us never forget the beautiful God that we serve, who served us even when he was facing his worst of times. We need the whole gospel so we can mature. It is that pick and choose gospel. It is for his glory. So as we close today, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit just to check you. Just to check you. Because we need to have an appetite for the whole gospel. Sometimes I, I, I'm with my kids and they'll eat the same thing. You know, they're like, you ever when they were little kids, they would just eat chicken nuggets most of the time? I don't know. But when you're a grown adult and you just eat chicken nuggets, everyone thinks you're weird. Yeah. Because you, your palate should be growing. It really should. You're like, no, I'm sorry. Just the chicken nuggets. Just the chicken nuggets. It's okay for a kid. But it's not okay for you. In the same way, if our walk with God is just like, I need this, God. If it's just like, I need a Savior, I need a Savior, I need a Savior all the time. Instead of saying, God, you're my Lord. What areas of my life do I need to give over to you? I believe that the church will be more beautiful as our palate changes into likeness of Jesus. Let's pray. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, Check us. Convict us. Speak to us. Some of us, we need to repent. We need to say, God, I've been hardened for a long time. And I say this boldly. You don't need to feel it to repent. You don't need to feel it to, con to con confess. You don't always feel something. Sometimes you do it out of the Spirit of God and truth. We worship in spirit and truth. You don't need to always feel worship when you're singing. Sometimes you sing out loud because he deserves your praise. And in this moment, if you don't feel it or if you feel it, and you need to repent that Jesus is your Savior but not your Lord, I pray that you would make that decision today. God, that I repent. Because the things we consume can consume us our money, our need for affection, our notoriety, our anger. And sometimes God loves us way too much to keep us that way, so he will 
He will put some pain in our life so that we can wake up from our distractions. God, will you change our hearts today? Change our minds today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for all you've done for us and for bringing us together today to remember this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 